we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. It's the way Christ rebukes the church. Right? Aren't we a church? Aren't you a church? We, we, we're a church. So the way this is teaching us how Christ feels about the church. You know, people always, well, I mean, how do I start a church and how do, what should I do? And, and, you know, that's the biggest problem. I said it in the Jezebel video, but that's the biggest problem with the church. People just repeating what was done before them. Like didn't stand, didn't sit down and ask God. And I was guilty of that. I ain't, I'm going to tell you the truth. When we first, first started, before we started the house, we were in a building and we had a church for three weeks in this building. And I was starting the church the way I saw it on TV. And God stopped it after three services and told me, no, that ain't it. And we ended up losing the building and I almost ended up losing my mind. And uh, we went through that whole period and started in the house and started it the way God wanted it started. And I had to back up and I had to ask God, okay, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with this? God began to show me what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Why you shouldn't do this? Don't do that. Don't do this. And I'm like, but this is what everyone is doing. Don't do it. And I had to realize God has a plan for his church. Christ knows what the church needs if he's the head of it. And I had to listen to him and I had to learn. And I'm still learning. As long as it's Christ, you never learn it all. Amen. Because you look at somebody and say, because you ain't Christ. You're just not. Amen. So. After that period, I, I, I had to really seek God about what he wanted and how he wanted things. And that's the way we started developing the church. And some of those that had started out with us, they couldn't handle it. I mean, the few that we had that started out with us had to leave most of them. And they couldn't they couldn't do it. They couldn't go the distance because they were used to it being a certain way and they could not acclimate to the change. And it's, that's, that's just simply what it was. I mean, yeah, most of the folks had, 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 had to bounce. They couldn't do it. And it's just because of the differences, you know, what people are used to. And some folks can be overchurched, programmed by church. So if you try to do things a certain way, they're like, oh, wait a minute. That's not the way church is. <laughs> what? So, you know, we, but, but we're still trucking. We're still moving. I, I believe, and I was telling... Uh, Jadis, uh, I, I believe we got some very, very, very solid ABC members. Yeah. Amen. We got some folks that's unmovable, unshakable. And they with it. They don't get around their friends and change their tune. Thank God for growth, but we all are still growing because Christ is telling us in this message to the churches exactly how he feels and what he wants. So Sardis, is a little different from the others. So let's, let, let's get into this. And y'all know this is part five, but it's actually part six. But part five was Thyatira and uh, Jezebel. And of course, that was just too much to try to stick in this series. So that will be its own video that we're working on now, uh, because I think that one is the important one that everyone needs to hear. All right. So Revelations three and one. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. And I know thy works, and thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. 
Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. So he sets this up by saying that uh, I see y'all and I see your works. Doesn't really say whether or not the works are good or bad or whatever. He just says, I see your works and that you have a name and everybody knows your name. It's like you're popular, like you are, you know, popular and everybody knows you and you're visible and and you're out there and 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 you think you're the bomb. He said, but you're really dead. So the building looks good. The plan looks good. Everything. The vision sounds good. But. It's not because you did. And I can't tell you how many people, when I first started the church, man, folks, you got to write it down, brother. You got to write. I said, what do I have to write down? Write down what you want. You said you got to write down what you want. You got to line it up. You got to pick you. You got to get your elders. Then you got to get your deacons. Then you got to get your ushers. And you got to write it all down how you want it. You write it all down because without the vision, the people going to perish. I said, there ain't no people. That is just misunderstood Bible. Man, you don't approach God with what you planning? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Write the vision and make it plain. That's what he said. Write what? The vision that God gives you. Not what you doing and planning. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen next year. And I'm not saying don't have a plan as far as when you go get a loan, you better have a plan or load on a house and a car. You better now that you plan. But that's not God. That's not spiritual things. But as far as God's concerned, man, you better, man, you better let God run his show. I don't have vision for EX ministries. Man, my son's my office manager and he don't know if, if he's going to have to go home the next day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they don't have a plan they come in there and just do what needs to be done am i right and uh, that's what they do because we're not planning big and oh we need to expand and oh we need an office in japan and i y'all we no that's not necessary what's necessary is what we do and as god leads us we're going to follow him amen and that's what churches are supposed to do churches are supposed to be 100 dependent on christ for direction But Christ is saying, "You man, it all sound good. I see your new parking lot. The special preacher's parking space that's elevated. You get in it and it takes your car up above all the other cars. The hidden bunker under the church. So if there's a nuclear war, you can escape. Now the rest of the church, everybody's just in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they got all of this stuff, all this technology, all this beautiful stuff, and God is saying, but it's dead. It's dead. So a church can actually look alive and be dead. Can I say that again? A church can actually look alive and be doing big things in the community. And God looks at it and says, that church is dead. Having community passing out turkeys on Thanksgiving, like Nino Brown, 
but having a Greek step show every first Sunday. God looks at that church and says, mm, 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 dead. Amen. Yeah, some churches, folks, be decked out. I mean, the three-piece with the chain and the watch pocket. The little slit in it. You put the little pocket. What time is it? No, it ain't worked in years. (laughs) Can't even find batteries for that. But yeah, yeah, cross in the pot. I mean, man, robes, oh my goodness. Now they got preaching robes with belts on them. They love it too, so they can, you know. <laughs> Be looking good. Looking the part. Hey, first lady hat so big, second row can't see. Real fruit on it. Get home and make a smoothie. <laughs> yeah, boy, they look at the, <laughs> they look at the part. They look at the part. But you know what? All you got to do to tell what's really going on is look at them kids. Where are the, the you know, kid, that's the report card. Where are the kids? Amen. Your hat can't hide that. Oh, I'm preaching it got quiet in the church house. Amen. That's why we in it. That's why we let the word cut us up and stuff. Because we just want to make sure that our children are okay. Children can't be okay if we're not okay. We harboring and hiding and, and dodging and ducking all kind of issues and stuff. They, they're going to be in our children. Period. That's where they're going to manifest. A church perishes when conviction departs. That's it. You want to know the difference between a dead church and an alive church? Conviction. Church is alive when you come in there and the message kicks your butt. And you do. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and go back and try to do something you used to do before the message. And you can't do it no more without being convicted. That's, that's, a, that's a church that's alive. When the message, when you reflect on the message and it stops you from your old behavior and you have to really address yourself this time. Husband, let the toilet seat up like he always does. Normally you would cuss him out and throw something at him. But the Jezebel message came right when you grabbed (laughs) that glass skillet glass. You like for stuff to break. You feel it's more effective when it breaks. Oh, iron pot going to hit something and fall to the ground. You need shattering. Yeah, you reach for it up in the message. You're like, oh, can't do this no more. Put it up. He like. I like this church. <laughs> That's that's conviction. And that's extreme. But seriously, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, your old behaviors. It just can't you try to turn on the radio and and and, and Al Green come on. <laughs> and you can't you you you, you gotta turn it off. 
You got to turn it off. You picture him in the vest with no shirt on under it. He never had a shirt. I don't think he owned shirts. Vest and underarm hair, always. Oh, that's, that's, our, that's, his, that's his uniform. It's not no outfit, it's a uniform. <laughs> you turn that on and you can't, you, can't, you, you can't keep the station there. You turn it on little Yaki, little Yachty, who sounds like he needs to be in a mental institution. He only knows 18 alphabets. Why does he have an album? You turn on little Yachty and you, you, can't, you can't listen to it because the message convicted you. God is, you know what conviction really is? God is trying to move you past that. Like that's held you there long enough. He's trying to move you past it. So you come in here and let the word make you feel like I'm talking directly to you. You know that feeling, right? He knows something. Somebody been saying something to him. He got to be. That's the way everybody was looking Sunday on the video. I mean, I, I, I saw you thinking that I was talking to you. I was like, she think I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, she think I'm talking to her. Well, if the demon fits. But I understand. That, that's just that conviction, man. It just beats you. You're just like, oh, what is going on? I can't stand this little dude. But it don't have nothing to do with me. That's you the one acting like that. Something happened to you and God is saying it's time to fix that and move pass it because all you're going to do is let more demons in if you don't deal with that that's what conviction is you should feel bad man you like just sound like you was talking to me i was i mean what would you sing to me out brother you ain't by yourself in here the word was for most of the folks are you kidding so the word is going to go against you. It is. It, it, because you're not God. So it's going to go against you. And that's good. Because when that stops, the church is dead. If I'm up here just talking Bible stories, veggie tales. Ain't nobody getting help. Nobody's motivated to change. I'm making you feel better like you are. Oh my goodness, like you are. What you went through, you should have blew your brains out. But look at you now. Yeah, look at me now. I'm trash. Can you challenge this trash that I am right now? Can we get past the blowing the brains out message? We're past that. And I don't even have a gun no more. We're past the, I should have blown my brains out. How many times can you preach that? Keeping people where they are and making them feel good like they are. Love yourself. You okay? You need to embrace it. No, you don't. You're trash and you need to change it. And then after you change that, you got to change some more trash. And you're going to keep finding trash to change. We don't do that in here. It's not that kind of church. And I don't want to be at a church like that, man. Because the children are always messed up. When the sermons from the pastor no longer convict you or make you want to change, then it's just mere entertainment and toleration. 
Toler- you tolerating the message. Tolerating it so you can be in church. But then why are you that? Well, you know, I grew up here, then my daddy was here, then the, the, the slave master from the plantation is the one that built it. And then the. But are you convicted? Well, you know, not, not, not really, because most of the time I'm asleep. It's hard to get convicted when you sleep. And the preacher trying to blame him on the devil. That's the devil blowing in your eyes. Spirit of the sand, man. Spirit of the sand. No, man. That's your message is trash. But you're just tolerating it and it's just entertainment, man. I get to go and, man, I get to dress up and we all get to clash colognes. <laughs> I mean, everybody's just clashing cologne, decked out, dressing up. And man, the church is dead. Tolerating and entertainment. That's, that's why the musician always have nervous conditions because he got to carry the whole service. I mean, they're looking at him like, brother, if you don't do this, this church is going to close. It's like, well, what about the preacher? Forget about him. You better have this music right. I don't care how many gays you got to get up there. They don't care. That music got to be right. Because they know without it, all is lost. Because <laughs> ain't nobody hearing from God. Amen. Second Timothy 4 and 3. For the time will come when they will not be able to sit through sound doctrine. They won't be able to endure it. But after their own lust, meaning after what they want, they're going to go get preachers to tickle their ears and make them feel good like they are. When you can practice sin... And selfishness without conviction from the pastor's sermons, then the church you are attending is what? Dead. You can just practice sin. I mean, the church is dead. I mean, you can't be no whoremonger and just come into church. Not this church. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel like a stank, rotten person. You ain't going to have a secret homosexual lifestyle in this church because we're going to see it. But the pastor's sermon ought to convict you. It ought to convict me. That's stuff I can't do because I'm preaching. That's why they don't preach it. Because they don't want to live it. They don't want to be challenged by their own studying. That's why ain't nobody getting convicted. They're just becoming bishops and apostles. What's higher than that? They're going to make something up. Well, they got this seer thing now. He's a, not not seer, what is it? A archbishop. He's an archbishop and a What's higher than that? They, man, they're just coming up with stuff. Because if everybody's a bishop, then bishop don't mean nothing no more. They ain't got to add something to it. It's foolishness. But that's all anybody's concerned. That's what they're concerned about. They want to be. They want the title. They want the prestige. They want, but man, can your sermons convict the church? Can what you preaching make people want to change? Can you change the hearts of folks with your sermon? In the latter days, they will be speaking lies in what? In hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Meaning, that, that means there is no conviction. Their conscience blocks it. They don't feel bad about what they're doing anymore. Their sin is okay. There are only a few people in this church that were living right and worthy to walk with the Lord. Christ singled them out because they had not compromised their belief. So there were a few people in this church when Christ was judging it, that were trying to do things 
the right way. Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, if you do what is right, you're going to do what? You're going to reap if you faint not. Amen? So many pastors attempt to use politics, social issues, and even controversy to try to awaken what is dead. Y'all know, right? When the folks, oh, when the word, when they, you know, when they go as far as they can without actually preaching against sin and the folks still ain't buying it, they got to wear a Kaepernick jersey the next Sunday. Al Sharpton is coming next week to preach. The skinny one. Yeah, always downtown marching. What a pastor that? He downtown marching. What he, why is he, why ain't he somewhere studying? Read his Bible so he can feed us something other than what the news is saying. We can watch the news, but they try to use political, social. Man, I had one preacher tell me, see, see, brother, see, I'm, I, I need to be like you. I, I just need to be like you. I said, like me? Yeah, I need to be. I need one. See, the truth behind hip hop changed this world. Just one message puts you on top. I, that's what I need. I need one message. Oh, I'm just praying that God give me one message. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I just need a message to put me out there like that. So how about we just put you out? That's the stupidest thing ever. Like I was praying for a message to put me out there. That is so ridiculous. But that's what they do. They look for a political, social, some kind of issue I can tap into to enhance my resolve. And everyone will see me and know me for that. Then they'll start calling on me. Then the media will call. Then the, then the Star Telegram will call. Then, the, you know, then, the, then uh, TMZ will want to talk to me. It, dude, you can do all of that and the church can still be dead. Nevertheless, only the truth can give life to a church. Only the truth can give life to a church. Proverbs 16, 23. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end of that man's ways are the ways of what? So when men do it their way, it's going to be dead. Period. Look at somebody and say, you got to do it God's way. You have to do it God's way. The dead church is dead because the life of Christ and the desire to live like him is missing. People are there for money, prestige, meeting their church quota. Y'all been in them churches passing out business cards and flyers. They going to church to, 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 to boost business. Brother, come by and see me at Sherman Williams. I'll hook you up with some paint. Man, I, we got all the colors now. All the colors. Man, I'm trying to pray, man. I'm, I know I know. you keep praying, but we got all the colors. <laughs> I mean, just got a shipment in. Dude, we praying. I mean, big shipment, man. You should have seen the trucks. And that's what they go to church for. I hate them churches you leave with a pocket full of business cards. Y'all ever been? Especially back when they were selling the Amway and all of that, man. You would leave with Tupperware and... <laughs> Why do I have all these Tupperware dishes? People are there for the money, prestige, and meeting their church quota. However, there is no life present because, the comprom because compromise has a stronghold on the congregants. 
So the compromise is holding everyone. Everyone's living their life the way they want to live, being disobedient to the truth that was once preached or the truth that they know. They're living against it. When you live against it, you, the congregants are dead and the church is dead. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. There's no way you're going to keep sinning and not die. Amen. If you practice sin, you're practicing to die. Sin is going to kill you. A sinful lifestyle will kill you. Harboring sin will kill you. Undealt with issues from sin will kill you. So I'd rather it kill me in, during the service and slap me upside the head and pinch me during church than it take me out of here. Amen. Let the conviction go on and slap me Pow! so I can make a change and keep living. Yes, Amen. I don't need anything in my body going haywire and rupturing because I'm harboring something that I need to let go of. You can go to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. They won't know what's wrong with you. But God knows. Remember when the little preacher was preaching and told you to repent and change. The wages of sin is death. Christ told the pastor of Sardis to wake up and salvage what remains. Jesus explained that the pastor needs to recognize the error of his ways and change what is not right. Let me tell you something. And remember this forever. Every pastor know when they wrong. Don't you? Well, he just don't. He knows. Christ did not put a pastor over a congregation that don't know when they're right or wrong. They know and they know what they're supposed to do. Because God is going to send another pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist. Somebody's going to come to them and tell them exactly what they need to do. And they're going to know, brother, you got to do A, B, C or your church will die. They're going to hear it just like that. This is what you have to do to save God's church. A, B and C. If you don't do it. I've sat in the office and heard these prophecies to pastors and they didn't do it and their church died see when you can't hear it or when you ignoring it god is so concerned about the people that he's gonna send the word to you and make sure you know because remember there's some people in there that's trying to do right god is concerned about the few in there in sardis trying to do right so he's gonna make sure you know what you need to do and you can do it or you can ignore it. I've done it. I've gone to pastors back when I was, especially when I was traveling. And I've told God has given me a word to tell them. And they didn't do it. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. And it just died. It's God's warning. Bro, something is brewing. You better fix it. Can I preach in here? Folks scared of this kind of message. I'm telling you. But it's the truth. You're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to know. Amen. Man, I didn't know the sawdust message was going to hit this hard. This was supposed to be the easy church. I was looking at this and was like, oh, we're going to breeze right through this. My goodness. I think it's some residue from last week lingering in the building. 
Jazzy don't like none of the churches. It don't matter which church you preach it on. <laughs> Jesus explained that the pastor needed to recognize their own way. Change what is not right. This action takes, oh, this is the problem. This action takes humility and fortitude. Two things that most pastors today don't have. It's lacking among many modern day preachers. Humility. Being able to get up and say, you know what, y'all? I blew it. I made a mistake. We shouldn't allow this witch to come in here and preach. And we ain't allowing no more witches to get up in here and preach. But that was your wife. Like I said, we ain't allowing no more witches. That takes fortitude. 2 Corinthians 7 and 4, the Bible says, if my people which are called by my name shall do what? Do what? Do what? That's the only way. That's the only way this pastor's going to repent is if he does what? And you know what's so funny? His wife done humiliated and humbled him for all them years and he can't, he can't let the Lord do it. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. That's when I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. So if you want your church fixed, man, you're going to have to humble yourself and you're going to have to get some fortitude. Amen. Because I'm telling you, fighting Jezebel is fighting Satan. That's why Elijah was so afraid of this woman. Because that's the spirit that will get you if you're not watching. When pastors submit to uh, denominational leaders with ulterior motives and sinful alliances, then the church is governed by the same spirits. So when a pastor comes under denomination... And the leader of that denomination is a homosexual. The homosexual spirit going to come in the church. That's your covering. If homosexuality is covering you. But the denomination was here before he became the leader. I don't care. If he's the leader, he's the what? Leader. You got to respect him and honor him, right? Especially if he's calling himself the, the, the most prestigious prelate. You got to honor him and do what he say, right? Yeah, so when you park your church under a, a play, a, an organization with sinful alliances, then you're, you're part of a sinful alliance. The church is dead by association. It's dead by association. Because the devil has spiritually assassinated the denomination's leadership. And you know, this kind of stuff sounds complex, but it's not. And it's the simple scriptures that kill it. Look at this. This is the simple. This is how, this is how David started Psalms. The very first one. The simplest one. Blessed is the man that what? Walketh what? What? Walketh not Where? So if your counsel is ungodly, you ain't blessed. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sitters, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. So the Bible is telling you right here, man, if your alliance is corrupt, you're corrupt. Some folks fight for denominations harder than they fight for Jesus. Brother, bro, it's been dead. Most denominations today are just like Sardis, aren't they? They're dead. 
How you know they dead? Go to the convocation and look what's walking around. It's zombies walking around. Homos dressed in furs and purses, hats, the men, makeup, switching and sashaying and kind on, coupled up, whole choir full of them. Just like it's dead. They're there for the money and the money. They put the preacher up so late if you accidentally thought that there might be some kind of word there, it's too late. Heaven is closed. <laughs> Said he must work the work while it's day because when it's night, no matter, it's too late for the word. Yeah, it's about, and they don't, it's dead. They're collecting money because it's dead. We got to try to pay this. We got to try to keep making money off of this dead thing. It's dead. Then try to have an altar call at 1 a.m. Time for the altar call. Y'all, come on. Anybody that want to be safe? Man, everybody sleep. It's 1 a.m. Heaven is closed. It's 1 a.m. The only thing going to come get the mic is, I'm not gay, no boy. You, that's, that's what you going to get. You going to get some 1 a.m. foolishness. That's the only folks still up. <laughs> Trying to get folks saved. Are you kidding? Offering was two and a half hours. They're dead, but they still talk about, uh-oh, the power that used to be there. Ain't that what they do? Oh, I remember when. Oh, I remember when. When the spirit of the Lord, man, one time it came in here and one time and it did this and one time. But what about now? What's happening now? It's dead. Christ says you should remember how it used to be. And then examine its current state. And then do what? Repent. Acts 3 and 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I, ain't no refreshing coming if you don't repent. Repentance brings the refreshing. Okay, Lord, we sorry. We're repenting right now for this foolishness we're doing. Refresh us. And them kind of denominations, them kind of churches have more revivals. Once a month. A re- what are you reviving, man? Oh, Chevy engine don't need that much work. Right? You just a revival every every month. And a dude getting up doing the same thing. Putting all the kids on the spot. Yeah. Get them hollering. Uh, uh, yes, and God and uh, okay, y'all everybody stand. All the kids, all the everybody that's not saved. I want you to come up here. Everybody that's not saved, all the kids that's not saved. Why would you do that? And why are they living in their parents' houses not saved? Sound like you need to have a parent altar call. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call them parents up. Acts 3 and 19. Repent ye therefore. Look, somebody say they need to repent. Amen. I'm telling y'all, if the smell of death come in ABC, y'all, we going to have like four or five weeks of on our knees services. Going to be no music, y'all. We, no, 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 no. We know how to repent. Don't you know how to repent? You better know how to repent. 
Because repent don't mean I'm sorry. That means you come back different. Amen. Christ would not have addressed this church if he didn't believe that there was still hope for it. Repentance and changes can resurrect a dead church if a pastor is willing to obey Christ's commands. Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body of the church who in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the what? He is the leader. So he knows, man, he comes and says, I don't want to kill the church. I don't want the church dead. Listen to me. I'll tell you how to keep it alive. There are people there that are still for real. Let's salvage those. Can you change? Can you humble yourself? Can you repent? Summary. It said when a church is more concerned about keeping the lights on and the employees paid than it is about obeying God and teaching uncompromising truth. God doesn't need us to operate buildings without his spirit. Amen. Dead churches are a bad reflection on him. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Because he is the head pastor or overseer of all of his churches, his churches should be like him in every way. The way, the truth, and the life. The church should teach the way of salvation and righteous living. This teaching must first be exemplified in the home of the leaders as examples for the body. The church should preach the truth, no matter who it offends and how it convicts. Truth cannot be concealed for the sake of convenience, finances, or alliances. When the truth is hidden, what's going to happen? Church going to die. Church should have the life that is in Christ. He had so much life in him that when he died on the cross, his life caused dead saints to walk out of their tombs. That's how powerful, how much life was in it. So much life that when it came out, it went underground, shook tombs, and saints came out, thought it was the final resurrection. Oh, what? Oh, oh this ain't the end? That's some power. They was confused. What you doing here, Willie? Man, I thought it was judgment. That's some power. Yeah. He is life. That's how much life he has. And the church that do things his way will not be dead. A living church won't be full of members that only spectate. And a living church won't be full of members just seeking to fulfill their church going convictions. A living church doesn't have employees that go only for a paycheck. When the life of Christ is in place, the church is alive. But when the way of salvation is compromised and the truth is hidden, then the church, like Sardis, is dead. Revelations 3 and 5, he says, He that overcometh this issue that, uh, that I have against Sardis, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. You know, the eternal security folks, they love this scripture because he said he will not blot out the names 
out of the book of life. But they missed the part where he said, he that overcometh. He that what? That he's, he's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. That means there are some in the church that aren't going to overcome. But those that will overcome the issue, overcome the problem, overcome the situation that Christ is showing you about yourself. Those that overcome, he said, I'm not going to blot out the name out of the book of life. But that means that those that don't overcome are going to get blotted out. And we don't understand the whole concept of blotting out. But these back in the in the day of Sardis and, and, and those days, they had city registers. You know, they didn't have as many people. So they would have a city register, meaning every living person was written in a book they called the book of life. And then once you died, they would communicate that to uh, whoever was over that uh, over the book or whatever. And then they would just blot you out because you no longer lived. And that's why Christ uses this example. Of blotting out the names but if you don't overcome you will be blotted out thank you for joining us for a true church perspective with pastor g craig lewis join us here each sunday at 9 30 a.m you can also visit us online at true-church.org